Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. So that's that's uh, that's how we start every episode um, because well again we have no production value so we just have to do this opening every time <laughs> we can't just drop it in okay so I am joined by author uh, Jessica Keller um, and hopefully she'll tell us a little bit about what it takes to be an author um, I have it I, I wrote down a bunch of. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many books you've actually written because Amazon is not helpful. No, I have uh, 15 full lengths. Okay. A lot more uh, novellas and short stories and stuff like that, but 15 full lengths. Okay. Um, because I, I had, like, you've got three series. You've got the Red Dog Ranch series, the Goose Harbor series, and the Lone Star Cowboy. But then yeah, also yeah. Uh, there might be a Time Shifter series. Is that you as well? There is. That's a young adult. And that's uh, like sci-fi young about an adult. Um, and then I also have a, a time slip novel um, that's adult that's searching for home. But those three are not um, in published right now. Those are unpublished. Okay. okay. All right. Um, yeah, because I didn't I did. But one of the questions that, that came up for me and, and I will probably just jump all around and circle back. A lot of your books seem to be included in other stories, like other books. Is that a common thing for the romance novel or is that? Yeah, I mean, it depends. Um, I know the publisher that I publish for, I'm with uh, Harlequin um, and I'm with their Love Inspired line, which is kind of a, uh, it's more of a sweet romance um, to it. It doesn't have anything uh, more than sweet romance. And it... Um, they, they, the readers seem to like when the story's kind of, you, you see the characters that you fell in love with in one book, you see them again in the next book, and you see what they're up to when you get to touch base with them, or maybe they're friends with the characters in the next book. Um, it, it, it helps to sell um, the books further, because uh, if the, again, if the, if the books are connected and if they can build on each other, but they're standalones too. My debut is a standalone. Um, okay. That so was for good but then then goose harbor was its own series after that okay well let's let's talk about that a little bit how how do you or how did you in particular because I've, I've had one other author on but he decided to go the self-publishing route he just kind of started his own publishing company and and did it that way uh which seems much more complicated how did you get your start um i actually got my start i always uh, since about teenage time, I've always been a big reader. I've always loved to just kind of play around with writing things, but was never serious about it. Um, and then I had a friend in college who, uh, after we were graduated college, she just, she found this short story competition to be uh, inside a novella that was going to be published. Um, 
and they were collecting stories. And she was like, I dare you to enter this. And I came down a good dare. So I did it. And I just, I just banged something out that week and submitted it. And then I, well, I was one of the stories that got picked. Um, and that was my entrance into publishing. Um, and I was like, oh, hey, I can actually do this. <laughs> I might actually be okay with this. Cause um, so I, ju I just needed that, that little push, but I never, I'd always dreamed about doing it myself, but it was more of a pipe dream, you know, than something that was actually uh, something that I believed I would actually do. So it's been kind of a, a wild ride to actually get to do the thing that you thought, oh, that's just a big dream that I'm never going to actually do. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't like when, because I mean, to, to be, you know, clear with the audience or open with the audience, I've known you. Well, I, when I moved to Wisconsin in 2005, we met and we were both working at Phantom Ranch. Correct. And I don't remember you ever talking about writing then. But then again, I don't know if that would have ever come up in the interaction. Yeah. Um, I, I did, I majored at college in communication. So I, I kind of had that writing thing, but it was more of a business writing. And within that, we had to get some stuff published. But again, I, I always had this dream of like fiction writing, but it was always kind of something that I thought, oh, that's silly. It'll never happen. So I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> so it was just like my girlfriends knew about it, but, but yeah, we've known each other since I think I was a teenager. Um, but yeah, I don't think I ever talked about it at camp. Well, I don't see, I, I can't remember. I mean, obviously I was there. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 43. So I've been, I was there as an adult. I was never there as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I was as a, a full-time staff member when I was there. I, I, I think you were just one of the summer people, but I don't, I can never keep the ages of who was who and where straight. So, um, so what, uh, I mean, what kind of, how does one get to the point of like, I mean, obviously like there's so many different genres of books and, and, you know, is that was romance novels, just something that like naturally interested you in the beginning or was that just how. Or... To, to be honest, uh, my dream ha has always been um, to be a young adult author. Um, but young adult is incredibly hard to break into. Um, it's an incredibly hard market. Um, you have to have a huge platform to even get considered um, within the traditional route. And it's a hard market to do indie as well because um, teenagers find things in different ways than adult readers find things. And teenagers are gonna, you know, they're looking on, TikTok and all of those kind of things to find the marketing aspect of things. So you have to have quite a big marketing platform to be able to reach them. Um, so it's just, it's a very hard market again to do indie and it's a really competitive market to get into traditionally published. Um, so I had just started trying to look at places that would take you un unagented. And actually I did a writing competition um, and the head editor for the line that I write for was the, was the like top judge that you could get to. And the whole reason I entered that one was because you could get a all expense paid um, entrance into a writing conference. So I was like, eh, let's just try. And then I, I won that one. And then, but that's how that got me into that editor. And that editor was like, hey, send me 
whatever your proposal is for this. And that's how I got in with that publishing house. So it, it I kind of fell into romance um, in order to win my free conference. And then I've kind of stayed with there because I, I built myself a market there, but I still very much have a dream of, um, of getting into YA someday if I can. I, mean, I guess if you have to have a platform, you've got to start somewhere. And if you can, if you build a name over there, you can, but I mean, that's kind of what we're doing with, with the podcast is just trying to build a name so that more and more people find us. Right. You know, um, I, as I was going through Amazon um, and Goodreads and things like that, just trying to find um, the names of the books and, and just kind of get an idea of what, what it was, um, I found there, there's a, an author named Blaze Ward who wrote a whole <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Keller Chronicles. Yes, yes. I'm guessing that's just pure coincidence. Pure coincidence in it, but it's funny because I noticed when, and I think I think they're indie. I noticed when they started getting published, because you know I check my stuff on Amazon occasionally, or when I had a new book come up, I'd see when um, the buy link came up that I could share, so I could start doing my marketing, or I'd find out when my when my cover would go live on Amazon. And then yeah, the one time I searched Jessica Keller, and then those started coming up, and now those are the top. <laughs> I think those come up first before my books do when you search Justin Keller's. I'm like, ah, but, but it's all yeah. good. Um, and then I also found a, a child, a children's book. Um, Mia's marvelous musical group. Oh no, that one. I don't know. Um, okay. All right. Well, that, cause it said it was written by you, but I'm guessing that's just a different, a different one. Okay. Um, so you know, where after you have like the option of pen naming, and you can either have, you have the option of doing an easy name or a hard name, you know, or like a memorable name. But I just stuck with my own name, which is Jessica Keller, because I thought that'll be easy for people to remember, like if you want to type it into a search. But well, you wouldn't think it would be a very common name. I mean, it's I guess I mean, the famous, there's a famous artist, too, because when I, you know, if you Google search Jessica Keller, there's an artist in like California who pops up. So yeah. Because uh, when I Google search Nicholas Pepin every so often, I it doesn't pop up very often. Although, uh -huh. although a couple of years ago there was apparently, I'm still in Wisconsin. I I'm in Burlington now, so they're pretty much just down the road from from you know Maguanago. But up, I want to say, in in White Deer or someplace just above Milwaukee, um, a guy with the same name as me robbed a Taco Bell at gunpoint. <laughs> so a friend of mine I work with because uh well I, I never say the name of the company but I work for a, a construction rental company yeah. um texted me and he was like dude what did you just do I'm like what he's like you're on the news I'm like that's not me that's just, that is that is just a guy with the same name there's no way I'm I don't even own a gun so I'm not holding up a taco bell <laughs> like if I'm gonna do something that's not where I'm getting yeah, if I'm going to rob somebody, it's going to be way more fun than Taco Bell. I'm going to go down. It's going to be something bigger. All right. Um, do you have anything coming up in the future, like, you know, coming up that you'd want to plug or, or any? No, I actually, um, I don't at the moment. Um, my last series was the Red Dog Ranch series. Um, and that was, the last one came out 
two summers ago. Um, and I've, I've been on a slight hiatus. I think the pandemic kind of hit everybody. Um, I also, I work a full-time job. I'm a mom. Um, so I write, writing is, is something I do on the side. Um, and when I'm under contract, it's a, it's a pretty hefty um, thing, time taker, um, uh, which I love, but it just it hasn't fit into with my daughter being homeschooled for some of the, she wasn't, she's not homeschooled, but remote learning a lot of the time yeah. and oh, yeah. job and that kind of thing. So I haven't, I'm not in the process of anything at the moment, but, um, as a, as an author, you always have things in the works, but, uh, nothing under contract at the moment. So how do you decide when a book is going to be a single book or when you do a, a series of it? Is it just, um, I think again, with, since I'm with a publisher for uh, my inspirational romances, those are very much kind of what they're feeling. Um, so you, you, you almost always pitch a series um, just because it gets you more staying power uh, within the, the certain slots that they have open for authors. So it, it secures you a certain number of spots. Whereas if you're only doing one book, you're only secured that one spot and then other authors might take some of the other spots down the road that you might want. Um, so you usually will pitch a series, but you know you might pitch, pitch a six book series and they might accept three of them and say, okay, this is gonna be a book series or you can add on to it later if we decide that it's doing well. Okay, I, I'm just, cause like I know like some, like when you read certain books, you're like, you didn't plan on doing a sequel. Oh, yeah. You are grasping at straws to make this work. And yeah. then other series like J.K. Rowling with the Harry Potter, like you can tell she clearly planned. Plan it oh, yeah. Well, and I think when there are series, because like what I do for Love Inspired with Harlequin, they, the books can be read on their own. They don't build on each other. It's more just the people all know each other. Like if you think of, I'm trying to think of some of the, like there's a Netflix show like Sweet Magnolia right now where there's like different characters that you're following and their stories interact, but in book form, they're kind of written on their own. So I guess it's more of an, an anthology where like they kind of are loosely related, but not like That's that's it. Like you could read, like in Goose Harbor, I think that's a six book series. You could read book four and then you could read book six and then you could read book one and you're not really missing anything. You I just- mean- I guess to put it in in terms that, that I will that I would understand and maybe my audience, um, like a Twilight Zone, where like they're kind of interconnected but not really. <laughs> yep. And then whereas my um, the Time Shifter series, which is uh, Saving Yesterday and Capturing Today, um, that is a very um, tightly plotted out series, and there's actually supposed to be a third book that has never been written, um, but. Uh, um, but like you can't read one before, or you can't read two before reading one. That's that's plotted right. out that way. Um, okay, so what feeds you? Like what? Like what? I mean, so I mean, we're we're very pop culture heavy. Yes. That's why the podcast is called Pop Culture Roulette. We talk about TV, movies, music. Uh, we even include sports. Like whatever we like. So what feeds you? Like what gives you the inspiration to? to write or, or even just like, you know, what, what is it that you, what, what is, what are, what are you consuming? Yeah. I think my biggest things is uh, music of all kinds. I'm kind of, um, 
I listen to everything across the board and I very much like every book and every, even books that I've never written that I've just had little grains of ideas about have like my Spotify is full of um, huge playlists. Um, and I, I do a lot of like, where I'll just listen, listen to Pandora and just discover music and do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, or like there's certain books where like, I know exactly what album came out during that time because there's you know, songs that are three or four songs from that album that kind of tell the story of what happened in that book. Um, Cause that's kind of very inspired by music. Um, and then obviously other books. Um, I'm a big reader and I big, very much believe you can't be a writer unless you're constantly reading. Um, Cause that's what helps your craft grow and kind of helps your um, story-wise. All right. Um, one of the big debates that happens on, all right. So at this point we're going to get kind of weird. Okay. Uh, one of the big debates that happens on my podcast a lot is Marvel versus DC. Okay. So uh, do you do you care or do you have a, a choice? <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm everyone's gonna hate me because um, I am not a big superhero person. That's okay. That's an option. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not really big on either. Um, so I mean, if I if I had to choose, I'd choose Marvel, but only because I know more about them. But. <laughs> That's where I lean to. They just have the better movies. I mean, I yeah. don't, I don't, with a, with a young one hanging around, I'm guessing you didn't watch <clears throat> Peacemaker. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it while she's in the room anyway, no. but I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's really good, but it's a little on the uh, naughty side. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, John Cena is really good in that shit series, but uh, and it's, it's, it's so great. There's so many things like that that I want to catch up on. Um, and then uh, it's like I have to make a list for when she's a little bit older or when she's like busy out of the house. Yeah. Well, because I and I, I think that's I mean, it's not why I necessarily uh, I like Marvel over DC, but like Marvel is generally speaking safe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, if it's if it's PG-13, it's because it's a little intense. It's not because of language or. You know, there's no there's no sex scenes or anything like that in Marvel, generally speaking. Right. Um, all right. If you could wedgie anyone in history, not including Hitler because he's been taken, who would it be? Ah, uh, let me think. Because there's a lot of people probably who could have it, but. Probably gonna be someone who wrote an annoying song, though. Like it can be anybody. Like the uh, person who came up with the lamb chop song, or the person who came up with like those kind of things. Hey, it, it, it's your question to answer. Um, I had somebody answer like King Richard the Eighth, I think, or King King Henry the Eighth. I don't know. But yeah, it, it's a it's a bizarre choice. But hey, whatever you if you want to choose the person who wrote the lamb chop song. You know what? Having a little girl, the song that never ends is no fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have kids, but I, I do I do know what that, that I worked at a daycare for a couple of years back before I worked at the camp. Yeah. 
So, all right. Um, the other thing that comes up a lot is that I, my, I've never cried at a TV show or a movie. Okay. Um, it, it gets me labeled an uncaring, uh, unfeeling monster, um, mainly by my wife, but by a lot of other people as well. Um, so it's, it's my, uh, not necessarily my goal to make myself cry, but it's, it's my curiosity as to what, like what movie or TV show would like get, like, you're just like, you know, cause like, I know, like, I know the movie to put on to make, you know, my wife cry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so what- literally I cry very easily at them. So that's not, but like anything with an animal in it that gets hurt or, or gosh, I'm trying to think what is the one I watched. I watched something recently where the dog died. Why they do that in any movie? Yeah. See, now to be fair to the, my well, myself and and what I, I tend to avoid that kind of movie because it's going to be and it was like not a bad death, like it was like an old age death, but it was still. Oh gosh, it has Richard Gere in it. I don't remember what it's called though. Hmm. But uh, yeah, because the closest I think I've come is there. Oddly enough, there's an episode of Futurama. Okay where where there's a there's a thing with the dog and that you know but uh, ever ever since i had to put uh, my dog down two years just over two years ago and that was one of the worst days ever yeah it hits too close so, to home so i've tried i haven't watched that episode since just because i don't you know i either don't want to break the streak or like i just know now exactly what will get me there but I shoot the second I became a mom though, like I choke up at commercials, I choke up at so unfortunately a lot of shows. Happy things too though. All right. Um what uh what fictional world would you live in if you had a had the option? Hmm. I know I have better answers, but I'm going blank. I wish I had a uh I mean there's like a the obvious big ones that are fun, you know, like all the, the big culture, you know, you've got your really funny is I'm a big Star Trek fan. So yeah, I, mean, I could Star Trek, but it would have to be next generation because that's where I'm at. Um, or that's my John Luke Picard. Oh yeah. It was the best Star Trek. So I, I'm gonna go, I feel like that. I don't want to go with something that's always chosen. Um, Star Wars has been chosen a few times. And Star Trek, Star Trek hasn't been chosen yet. So, you know. Um, so when it, um, what was I going to say? Oh, have, have you seen, or do you like the new Star Trek movies? I do. Okay. Because like, that was kind of my reintroduction into Star Trek. Like a friend of mine and I went and saw that new, the well, not new anymore, but the, the first one with Chris Pine. Pine, yeah. And I, I was like, wow, I really enjoyed it. Like I had seen Star Trek movies or I had seen a few episodes of stuff here and there, but like I was never into it as much. Oh gosh, but- I grew up on it. Like my dad watched it and I've seen every episode of Star Trek multiple times. I've seen every movie. I've seen every, so. But I, I really... But I really liked the movie, so I came home, and uh, I can't remember if it was Netflix or Hulu or somebody had the original series on, and I I binged through that, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. Like, 
So like it kind of like I know a lot of Star Trek fans kind of kind of throw their hands up and they hate it because they're like, oh, but I just I think like it's the same thing with the Star Wars fans. It's like, oh, we hate the new thing. And then, you know, at some point, the new thing becomes the old thing and we love it. Uh, now. But At some point, you just have to realize, like, I don't again, as a writer, like just appreciate any attempts at art. Um, so I know they're all trying and I think we should be happy that they're adding to a universe that we love um, well you know I, I looked at it as the, they're making it more accessible they're making it more and and people who like people that I knew who had never watched Star Trek or would never want to watch Star Trek saw the new movie and was like wow this is actually kind of cool like I like it and and they like you know they'll watch the new movies and, and but they won't watch any of the old stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's such good topics in the old stuff. Like they actually like tackled things that were yeah. relevant. It, it's surprising to you know when when I went back and I watched the old series to see how like weirdly progressive that series really was on so. the forefront on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so uh, with with the books, we'll we'll go back to them. Um, what are, I mean? So you're with Harlequin, and Harlequin is is obviously a bigger company, so that gets you in a lot of places. But does does the Hallmark Channel ever come calling? Or no, um, not not to me. But uh, there's other. I'm friends with you know many of the other authors for Love Inspired, and. Some of my other author friends, I mean, they've, I have friends from Harlequin who do make movies and do have things like that, um, or do have movies on other channels, or their books that they published with Love Inspired got turned into movies. So I have, I have a couple of friends who have that. I just, I mean, I just, this Hallmark Channel does so many movies every year. It's like, they've got to be getting their uh, material from somewhere. Yeah, my uh, my one friend, Terry Wilson, she, uh, the book that she wrote got turned into a Hallmark movie. And it was like their top watched one the year that it aired, which was like Unleashing Mr. Darcy and the Mr. Darcy ones. But it was about like a dog, a dog show, like present day. Elizabeth Bennett, Mr. Darcy thing. But uh, but yeah, like hers, the whole series then, that was like their most watched movie of their whole year. And uh, so I'm, I was just curious because I don't, I mean, obviously when you're in that world, like that's obviously always a, an option, but I didn't know if that was something that, like, is it something that you would have to pursue or do you just have to wait for them to come to you? No, I mean, our, um, my publishing company has, uh, relationship with film companies. So I think the film companies come to them and say, Hey, we're looking for these kind of things. And then my publishing company or my publishing house will give them, you know, here's 30 books that meet that. And then they kind of sift through and then decide and then do the contract with our, with our publishing company. And then let you, like my one girlfriend, like she just got a call that said like, Hey, your book's being made into a movie. And there's yeah. Here's the contract sign it like everything's already dealt with. Yeah. Oh. I I mean, because I would just imagine like I'd want, I mean, if I was to be able to write a book, um, I just wanted that I was allowed to go on set at least. Well, and it um 
my one girlfriend did. She went on set and met all the actors and actresses and did all that kind of stuff. And then the other one wasn't able to because I think they filmed in up in Canada somewhere because it was a Alaska set book. Oh, um, yeah. They do film a lot of stuff in Canada. Canada. Yeah, it's much easier, especially Hallmark. <laughs> and then uh, I know a lot of my friends get um, their books picked up by Up TV. There's like another one that does that turns a lot of our books into movies. So, so it's very much a, a real possibility if you publish uh, for my publishing house, but hasn't happened to me yet. Oh, well, you know, I'm I sure. know if they want to call me. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you know, if they do call you, just remember who, who threw the idea out there. Publicly. I, I did get uh, last year, my, my time shifter books. The reason why they're unpublished at the moment is they got picked up by a mobile app company. Okay. So, on like a reading app um so i licensed with them for a couple of years but so there's there's it's a new landscape in publishing and there's much more options than there used to be and just different people find you yeah i just say so well speaking of finding you how would how would somebody find you if they were looking like where what are your what are your social media that uh, people can can find you at yeah, um, well, I do have, I, everything of mine is under Jessica Keller. So I do have a Twitter, but I, it's dead. Like I barely ever use it, but I, I do, um, when I'm actively in publishing, my Instagram is usually fairly active. Um, I've got a Facebook um, fan page um, that I'm fairly active on. Um, I have a personal Facebook and then um, uh, BookBub, you can follow authors on BookBub. So we always try to tell people to do that because it always gives, um, every time there's a book release, it'll alert you. And then Amazon, if you, you can always follow an author on Amazon too and get updates from them there too. But okay. I haven't gotten into the, I know a lot of authors are getting into like the book TikTok and all that kind of stuff. I haven't yet. I haven't broached that yet. Uh, the, the young, the young guys that I work with keep telling me that I, if I want to get anywhere, I need to do TikTok. And I just, yeah. I, I struggle just doing Twitter, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm old now. <laughs> it gets hard to, but yeah, no, like I'm, 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 uh, I'm actually signed up. I think it's this weekend. I have like a virtual conference that I'm doing, I'm, uh, attending, um, just to learn more about how to broaden all of that for myself. So we're always learning and things that worked five years ago, marketing wise, just don't work anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm still learning too. So, and especially since I've been off for a couple of years here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like the world's getting ready to open back up. So, so, all right, well then I, uh, I appreciate the time. Um, I, I appreciate you, uh, You've taken the time out of your evening to, to come on and chat with me for a little bit. And hopefully, hopefully I'll uh, can use your fan base to up my fan base. Definitely, I'm happy to share. Um, so, all right. Um, I don't. I've yet. I know. I've only. This is. I think the fourth or fifth of the interviews that I've done. Mm -hmm. So I still haven't found the the right way to end it because normally I end every episode with. Like I bring like a call back to one of the stories that we talked about. And then I say something like, because the, the way we truly ended is stupid never walks alone. Okay. So I always bring up something like from one of the stories that we had talked about. Cause we, we just talk about whatever movies coming out, whatever we just saw or 
you know, this casting news or that casting news or like this week, the one we just recorded, we were making fun of the fact that the Oscars are dumb enough to think people want to watch them uh, with Amy Schumer as the host. Uh Because, I mean, she's just awful. Um, uh, So that was kind of how we ended it. But I haven't figured out a good way for the interview series. So I guess I'll just say stupid never walks alone. 